My most beloved brothers and elders, before we start with the talk and the topic I have in mind, we would once again take this opportunity of making special dua for our beloved brothers and sisters in Gaza, in Palestine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove the difficulties. May Allah bring peace, serenity. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the shuhada with jannatul firdaus. May Allah take care of those who remain. The world is now still watching the ethnic cleansing, the genocide, the massacre, very gruesome and macabre killings of people who have no mercy in their hearts. They are narcissists. They are prepared to take the life of innocent babies. Where in the world did we ever hear of a one-day-old child who gets its, birth, its death certificate before its birth certificate? People who are arrogant, proud, power-hungry. They are killing innocent people without any conscience. And then they lie through their teeth. The propaganda, the fake news, the victim is now made to take all the blame. This type of attitude is not something new. Even in the time of Fir'aun, who had killed thousands of, of, of young boys, thousands of them. And the incident is very long. We say that Musa had given him dawah 
towards the oneness of Allah. And we know <coughs> that whilst Musari was living in Egypt, and Allah had planned it such that the same Fir'aun was actually going to kill Musari had to actually nurture him and take care of him. And once Musari is walking through the roads of Misr, and he sees a person who was a victim of oppression, he was being oppressed, and he calls out for some help. And Musa goes immediately to assist him, and he sees the oppressor, and in trying to stop him, he gives him just one blow. One blow, the strength that Musa possessed was so severe that with one blow he struck him, he falls on the floor, and he dies. He was innocent. His intention was not to kill the person. It was only to help the oppressed person. On that, the same Fir'aun who killed thousands of people, and he did it deliberately, there was no mistake on his part. He addresses Musa alayhi salam, he And you committed of killing. Whereas... You are so ungrateful to all the bounties and favors that I have given you. And so Fir'aun forgets deliberately the thousands of people he killed mercilessly. And he shifts the whole blame on Musa That is not justice. A person says very well in the Urdu couplet, Many bohat se insan ko dekha, jiski badan par koi libas nahi. I've seen many a poor person, many a destitute, who didn't have any clothes to put on his body. He was poor. He was in need. I've seen many a human being, and the person had no clothing on his body. And then he says, I've seen many clothing, but no human being inside the clothing. Rasulullah says, Rasulullah says that you see the believers, their nature, when they see their Muslim brothers in pain, when they see their Muslim sisters in pain, they will show their love. And in their mercy, and in their affection, like one body, if one limb feels pain, perhaps it's just the eye, but the entire body will feel the pain. It will respond, all the other limbs will respond to the pain of this eye by having a sleepless night, gripped with fever. The entire limbs of the body feels the pain exactly like that. And Alhamdulillah, to a large extent we have seen the Muslim Ummah awakening from his deep slumber. And everybody wants to rally support. And everybody is voicing now uh, his protest against this gruesome killings that is taking place. This is the, the shan of a believer. This is what a believer has to feel at the bare minimum. The pain, the pain that your Muslim brothers and sisters and those who oppress in the world, you should feel the pain. And we have heard many talks regarding the plight of the Palestinians. We're not going to go into those details. But we have made fervent dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should all continue to make dua. Sometimes there is collective dua and at other times individual dua. Believe me, do not underestimate the power of dua.
Whatever problems we have, whether it's a financial problem, whether it's a social problem, domestic problem, whatever it is, Ummah is suffering through a crisis. Your simple dua, your earnest dua, your sincere dua, in the darkness of the night, wherever you may be, you are in sajda, you've raised your hands at home, you are sleeping at night, you haven't even raised your hands, but from your heart, you are making the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah answers those duas. Get your little children at home, the innocent masoom children. Tell them about what's happening to their friends, their relatives, their Muslim brothers and sisters, those masoom children. Imagine the time has come where the parent has to write the name of the child on the arm just so that it could identify its child in the case when the child is murdered. How does the Ummah look upon such senseless killings? Imagine that mother was given some hope from the doctor whose child was not well. The child was, her son was in hospital. The doctor says, come tomorrow and he'll be fine, he'll be discharged. She comes the very next day. Not to find the hospital anymore, bombed. Not to find the doctor anymore, he's killed. Not to find a little child anymore, he's become shaheed. That child who stands next to its mother, who is on the stretcher, and he's shouting out to his mother, that why aren't you talking to me? Mom, why aren't you replying to me today? Not knowing the mother is dead. It's not one person or two people. There's so many whose, whose entire families have been wiped out. So continue with your du'as, your powerful du'as. Continue with your sadaqah. Sadaqah removes the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It brings about peace. And never lose hope. Do not become despondent. We have to exercise patience. You and I want instant results. We're living in that period, an era of science and technology. Everything is so done instantly. And we expect to see results immediately. Allah is not bound by any time. Allah is full of wisdom. Everything is, is in His control. When Abu Sufyan had mentioned to Umar after the battle of Hud that took place, the lengthy incident, and the Muslims also incurred many losses in that battle. And then he says that we have got Uzza, Lana al-Uzza, the idol. He began to boast about his idol. Umar radiallahu ta'ala immediately responds. And he says, we have got Allah who is our Mawla. Allahu Mawlana, wala Mawla lakum. You have got no Mawla, you have got no protector, you have got no, no, no ilah. We have got Allah. Qatlana fi jannah, qatlakum fi nar. Our dead, they are going to paradise. You're dead because they don't have Iman. They're going to go to Jahannam. My respected brothers and elders, let us make some concerted effort. Every one of us, don't wait for the next person to change his life. We have the time, we have that opportunity in our little way. But we have to be genuine, sincere, loyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're not going to go into the evils of society and the evils of, our, of individuals and ourselves. We know the wrongs we are doing. Let us make up our mind. Let us be firm that I need to change my life. I need to become closer to my Allah. I need to become closer to Rasulullah This deen of Islam is absolutely pure. It's a perfect religion. There's beauty in it. If we practice the teachings of Islam, which is a peace-loving religion, then we'll find so many people taking shahada. We'll become magnets towards people embracing Islam. 
We will show them the justice in Islam. When we deal, we deal justly. The manner in which we speak, the manner in which we, we conduct ourselves in public, in privacy, with society at home, with our wives, with our children, with our elders, with our young ones. Let us make up our minds. Take positive changes and positive steps into making that reformation in our life. Then we will see, we will draw the divine nusrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let us stop complaining. Allah has given us so many bounties. We eat, we drink, we have shelter, we have clothing, we have everything. But we still become chronic complainers. Every time we are complaining, complaining, this is not right, that is not right. How do we expect Allah to become pleased with us? It's so easy to put point fingers at others. He must change, she must change, they must do that. What we have within our means, let us take those bold steps. So respected brothers and elders, continue your du'as, your sadaqah, and those, those very fervent du'as. And you will see inshallah, the time will come when Allah will grant them victory. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala used to say, مَا نَدِمْتُ عَلَى شَيْءٍ نَدَمِي أَلَى يَوْمٍ غَرَبَتْ فِيهِ شَمْسُهُ نَقَصَ فِيهِ أَدَلِي وَلَمْ يَزِدْ فِيهِ عَمَلِي Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala, the giant of the Sahabi, very great Sahabi. It is regarding him that Rasulullah once remarked, it's an incident that took place, and Rasulullah tells the Sahaba that these feet of Abdullah bin Mas'ud will be more heavy and weightier on the scales on the day of Qiyamah than the Mount of Ushud. And this same Sahabi laments and he expresses regret on that day of his life where the entire day passed, the sun has set, marking the end of the day, and he says that my lifespan has become shortened and yet my good deeds have not increased. There's a chance for us. If many people who are making that effort in Palestine and sending the aid across, it is time to assist such people. And may Allah give such people the best of this dunya and the akhirah. May Allah protect their families. May Allah give them barakah. May Allah give them more strength. When it comes to doing good deeds, never procrastinate. We do not know whether you will get a chance again or not. The desire is there. Take the step forward and do it. Before moth strikes, before death overtakes us, we have no opportunity then. We don't have the time. Old age, sickness, and therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, the word like wasari'u that I mentioned in the, in the beginning of the khutbah, of the, of, of the talk. Wasari'u ila maqfirah, hasten. And Allah mentioned the word sabiqu. You, you, you must outdo the other. Rasulullah used the word badiru, hasten with doing good amal. Before you are gripped with different types of trials and tribulations, and then you are unable, unable to perform those good deeds. Look at the, the lives of the Salafi Salihin, especially the Sahaba radiallahu anhu majma'een. The moment there is an opportunity to do good, they never procrastinated. Rasulullah is sitting with the Sahaba, and suddenly a man comes, a young man, and he says, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I wish to build a wall around my property, but the problem is my neighbor's tree is coming over onto my land, and he refuses to chop off the, those branches that are coming onto my land, and it's difficult for me to build my wall and to make this fence. Rasulullah understands the problem. 
So he tells the Sahaba who is there, who is prepared to buy off the tree from that person in lieu of a tree in paradise. Abu Dahda radiallahu ta'ala does not delay. He was well known for his huge and large orchard which consisted of 600 day trees. He goes immediately and he makes his offer to the man. And he says, I'm prepared to give you my entire orchard in lieu of this one day tree that you have. The man finds it hard to believe. And then he sees, no, Abu Dahda is, is serious. He's happy, he, be, he makes the deal. Deal is done. Abu Dahda comes back, he's happy. That because Rasulullah promised him that you buy this tree so that it may be chopped off and now it won't harm the person who wants to put his wall and you are going to get a tree in paradise. He doesn't just offer him the value of one tree. He gives him 600 trees in lieu of that one tree. And he comes outside his orchard. His wife and family were inside at that moment. From outside he calls out to them, to, to his wife, Ya Umm Dahda. I have sold this orchard. It no longer belongs to us. Please exit from this orchard. She comes out, she knew that the husband was a very good businessman. So she asked him, what profit have you made? What money have you made? And immediately he says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa promised me a tree in paradise. My respected brothers and elders, Umm Dahda radiallahu ta'ala Look at her response. What would the, the response of our wives would have been? She says, Rabbi habayuk, Rabbi habayuk, Abu Dahda, your deed was very profitable. She congratulates him. She is happy. She compliments her husband. You have done well, you have done well. These were the Sahaba. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, can we even believe for a moment or perceive, ponder, reflect, she is a beloved wife of Rasulullah the mother of the believers. She is fasting. She only has a single day, one day to open her fast. And there comes a beggar. And she tells her attendant that please give this beggar whatever we have. The, 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 the worker says, the attendant says, we've just got one day and you need to open your fast. She says, no, no, give it to the poor person. There are numerous examples of this nature. When it comes to ibadah, they would excel. They did not delay. If they missed an opportunity, they would show genuine remorse. Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhumah, another great sahabi, the son of Umar the Great radiallahu anhum. He's sitting once, janaza salah takes place. He participates in the janaza, and now he's going back home, when somebody comes to him, and informs him of the reward of the janaza salah that takes place and when you participate in the janaza salah and then the reward of even going to the graveyard until the deceased is buried what is the reward? if you are present in the janaza salah you get one qirat qirat means the reward equivalent to Mount Uhud in some narrations even greater than Mount Uhud you get one qirat but if you go to the graveyard also, then you're going to get two qirat. It was the first time he heard of it. He sends Khabbab radiallahu please go and ask our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, is this hadith correct? Did Rasulullah say this? And he's sitting in the masjid, he's got the pebbles in his hand, and he's cogitating, pondering, reflecting. The 
But is this, is this correct? What if it is correct? And then yes, she verifies the hadith. She says, yes, it is correct. Look at the response. He says, How many qirats? How much of reward we have lost in the past not knowing the, the benefit of this? It's not compulsory. You attended the janazah salah, but yes, it is highly recommended. It is the right of your brother that he has over you that you, you make it tip out of his janazah and you go to the graveyard. Of course, sometimes the person is busy, he's going to go back to work or whatever it may be. It's not compulsory. But still, look at the rewards. And Abdullah bin Umar lamented for those times in his life when he missed the opportunity of getting another qirat. Once, just once, it is recorded that he missed his asr jama'ah, his salah with jama'ah in congregation. By that time he came because he was preoccupied in his garden. When he came, he had just missed his, his asr jama'at. It caused him such pain. And he realized that it was because of this garden that I had that kept me so busy and engrossed that I missed my congregational prayer. Because of that, he gives that entire orchard in sadaqah. Brothers, who is it from amongst us who do such things? The sahaba. They understood the meaning of the Quran. When Allah says, وَسَارِعُ إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ A sahabi by the name of Umair ibn Hammam radiallahu ta'ala or another sahabi. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is with the sahaba. They are about to engage in a battle. And he gives the same verse that I quoted in the beginning. وَسَارِعُ إِلَى Hasten towards the mercy of Allah and towards the Jannah whose wood, whose wood, just the wood alone is the distance between the sky and the earth. He sees such a big Jannah, such a vast Jannah. He has a few dates, perhaps two or three dates only, that he was busy eating. He puts those dates aside. Somebody asks him, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to plunge into the battlefield. But why don't you finish your dates? He said, by the time I relish these dates, It's a very long life. I've got no time. And Allah is promising me this paradise. The poor Sahaba, they came once to complain to Rasulullah Ya Rasulullah We read Salah, and the rich Sahaba read Salah. We fast, they fast. But they have an advantage of us. They have wealth. They are able to perform Hajj and Umrah. is the words of the hadith. وَيُعْتِقُونَ They are able to, to free slaves. We don't have the means. And therefore they are getting much more reward. They are excelling. They are beating us. What about us? Rasulullah gives them a solution. He says, after every fard salah, read 33 times Subhanallah. 33 times Alhamdulillah. 33 times and one rewired, 34 times Allahu Akbar. If you do this, then you will supersede all others and nobody else will beat you except the one who does the same. Immediately they bring, they take this important dua or wazifa from Rasulullah and they begin to act upon it. They're busy reading this wazifa after the first salah. When the rich sahaba also observe this, hey, what is it that you're doing? And so happily, because they were to share the knowledge, his rich sahaba, that the special gift Rasul gave to them, so that they may excel in rewards, because they didn't have material means to do many acts of charity that the others had the opportunity of. When this happened, the rich sahaba also began to do the same. 
Now the poor Sahaba come to Rasul to complain again. Then Rasul This is now the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gives the ability to who he wishes. He has given them the chance of reciting the tasbih. It is from the grace of Allah. If Allah has given them some extra wealth, it is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, Ali bin Hussein bin Ali radiallahu ta'ala. This Ali is the grandson of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala. He's the son of Hussein radiallahu ta'ala. He had a very precious slave. And Islam came to obliterate uh, slavery. And Islam, you find in the hadith of Rasulullah, Rasulullah would give great rewards and merits for the person who freed his slave. And so he mentioned, the hadith, somebody mentioned the hadith to him, that if you free a slave, Allah will free you from the fire of Jahannam. He had this very precious slave. So somebody offers him a very high sum, a thousand or more dinars, and immediately he refuses. He says, no, I don't want it. I want to free the slave. I did nothing in exchange in dunya. I want my freedom from the fire of Jahannam. My respected brothers and others, there are so many more incidents. When it comes to good deeds, let us not delay. Sickness can overtake us. Death can overtake us. We are seeing the condition of the ummah. We are well aware of what's happening. Again, important dua, fervent dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dig deep in our pockets and do it with sincerity. Not for name and shame. Every good thing we do today, we want to brag about it, boast about it. Yes, if it is to encourage your family members and you telling him that I have given to that charitable trust organization, well and good. To encourage your children, do it. But do it with sincerity, with ikhlas. And again, let us make up our minds to change our lives. Bring some piety in our lives. Let us obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's divine nusra must come. My respected brothers and elders, again today we are very, very fortunate. It's a very special occasion today that one brother is going to embrace Islam now. He's going to take his shahada. And I will call upon him to come inshallah. And we will just take the shahada. Now this is it, the brother who invited him for Islam. I don't know the background, I just met him now. But it should bring to us happiness and, and joy that one more person has come into the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The person who invites another person to embrace Islam, Rasulullah sallallahu said, If Allah uses you for the hidayah, for the guidance of a single person, it is better for you than embracing, than, 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 than getting red camels, possessing red camels. And the one who embraces Islam, Allah obliterates, Allah wipes out all his past sins. He is like a newborn baby. So I will say the words in Arabic. You will try to repeat. We say, Ashhadu an an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. MashaAllah. What does it mean? I bear witness there is no deity worthy of worship besides Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad the last of all the messengers, we believe in Adam, we believe in Moses and, and David and Isa, and we believe in all the prophets. And Muhammad is the final messenger. And we follow him and we believe him. So we, I bear witness that Muhammad say I bear witness that Muhammad peace be upon Muhammad, peace be upon him. Muhammad, peace be upon him, is Allah's Servant and messenger. Masha'Allah. Allah, we talk afterwards. Brothers, let us proceed with our sunnah, inshallah.